I'm Courtney. I'm Joe. And, and this, this is Courtney, Courtney and Joe, Joe Spoil, Spoil Everything. everything. Hey everyone, my name is Joe. You're listening to Courtney and Joe Spoil Everything. It's going to be a new podcast. It's going to come out on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Uh, Courtney, you want to tell them what it's all about? Yeah, absolutely. So our podcast, we kind of conceptualized it because both of us have worked in production or entertainment before. And we really just wanted a pod where we could kind of like tell stories about our experiences. And then we thought, let's take it one step further. Let's take everything we know and kind of flip it on its head by taking shows that we've never seen. We've watched so many countless hours of TV. Uh, We're obviously glued to it. We're glued to pop culture. So we wanted to kind of find shows that were popular, but then we've never actually seen and try to figure them out by only watching the pilot episode and the series finale without ever seeing anything in between and see if we really can spoil everything through our years of experience. Hey, Courtney, you and I, we met at a production company outside of Boston about five, six years ago. Uh, What a ride. Um, I feel like I've known you forever and, uh, yeah, I'm really excited to get this started with you. Yeah. Uh, when you Courtney, said five or six years, I was like, oh, that's it. <laughs> it feels like a lifetime. It really does. Uh, those are the longest few years of my life. <laughs> working there. I was on the road just so much. It, it, time just seemed like it is now with everybody, you know, being quarantined and stuff is just like a flat circle. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was kind of like, what day is it? I would just get back to the office and they'd be like, all right, Joe, well, we got another one for you. Or like, hey, you got to go here next. And I'd be like, can I can I wash my clothes? Can I, <laughs> can I just come home and just like sit in my own bed? Can I just say hi to my dog real quick before I hit the road again? Um, oh. No, those are great times. And um, well, Courtney, how about you give everyone a little bit of background about how you got into production, your background, how you wound up, you know, eventually meeting me. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I have a kind of a long sorted story, but I'm going to give you kind of a a quick version of it. Um, I grew up in upstate New York, a small town, you know, uh, everyone knew each other from the time you grew up. Those are still the friends that you have today. Um, And when I went to college, I was very pragmatic about it. I went for psychology um, and I was into that. I was, I thought I could find a career in that, but by the time I was getting towards a senior in college, I was like, Oh, I'm kind of sick of this. Like, I really love TV. I'm the only one of my friends who ever was like obsessed with pop culture. Like I watched 80s movies when I was a little girl. I had crushes on, like Christian Slater when, when I was like 12. You know, most people Tom like, Selleck. Yeah. No, Kevin Costner. <laughs> you know, all the girls my age were like, they loved in sync and I was like the old men movie stars. Jonathan Taylor Thomas, like that that kind of you were just yeah, like, they, well, li- they liked the JT. The dads in all those movies. Yeah, I liked I liked the dads. <laughs> but um yeah, so I you know, I got towards my senior year of college and I was just like, all right, I wanna do I wanna see where I can take this. And I remember I told my mom I was gonna go instead of going on to grad school for psychology. I was going to try to pursue television and film. And she looked at me and she goes, what are you going to be, Steven Spielberg? I was like, <laughs> maybe. You know, it was such a foreign concept where I came from. So um, I applied and I got into Syracuse University, which was my big pick. Uh, I got into their television, radio, and film program, which is a huge get because um, it's the Newhouse School of Public Communications. It's one of the best in the whole country. And what you do is when you go for grad school, you go for one whole year, you go summer, fall, spring, and then the next summer you go out and do your internship and that closes it up. Um, But the trick was I had to leave and start school two or three weeks 
after I finished college. So I had to graduate college, read books to prepare for grad school, and then hit the ground running with it. And, you know, when I was there, I had a great time. I was with like-minded people. We made movies. We went out and made music videos. Like, we did all that cool stuff. And then you kind of go off and they're like, all right, do you want to go to New York City or do you want to go to L.A.? And it's like, oh, I forgot. Like, I can't go back home to upstate New York and do this. So I was like, well, how about that? I'm going to go to L.A. I'm going to go do my thing. Um, I ended up finding an amazing internship um, with Slater Brooks Bank Casting which was uh, Mary Jo Slater. She is Christian Slater's mother. So she's been a high profile casting director for decades. Um, if all the youngins don't remember Christian Slater, he was big in the eighties and nineties. Heather's, uh, now he would be on like Mr. Robot. Maybe people would know him from. You're still mad that I met him. And I know yeah. I, just, yeah, I can feel well, the animosity every time we talk about Christian Slater, anything, anything I, that he was in. Because for my whole life, I have met a lot, a lot of famous people as the years have gone on. Because um, obviously I worked in casting. But the, <laughs> the one person I've always wanted to meet was Christian Slater. And hello, I worked with his mother. There was only four of us in the office. So like his mother and I knew each other. So on his 40th birthday, they're like, can you go deliver Christian's birthday present to him? Here's his address. Like go to his house. I'm like, oh my God. Finally, like finally, I bought all of these people and now I can finally meet the one I want to meet. Was he home shirtless? <laughs> he wasn't home. I know the story. Was <laughs> it was, I did my hair. I did everything. I walk up to the door. I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm at like a movie star's house. And I ring the doorbell when the maid goes, oh, Mr. Christian, not home. I was like, do I take the present back? Like, what do I do? No, I had to give her the present and be on my way. I still to this day have not met him. And Joe met him at a Comic-Con and like I lost my shit. <laughs> yeah, I just took a picture with him at when he was signing my autograph. I didn't even do like a photo op or anything. He's just like that cool of a dude. <laughs> He's uh, the best. Super chill. Oh. I was like, oh man, I love you in Broken Arrow, which was like how I got introduced to Christmas later. Oh. And he was, he like said a line from the movie and it went right over my head because I was just like so in awe. And I was like, uh, and he was like, that's from the movie. I said that. And I was like, I know. All right. Oh bye. My <laughs> oh <Christians> my God. <laughs> later. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, one day we are going to meet like Mary Jo and I are connected, obviously like on LinkedIn and everything. So I was like, oh, someday I want to meet him. But, um, but that was really my first taste of casting. And what was cool was when they would go around in grad school and they would say, um, what does everyone want to be? You would raise your hand and everyone would go, I want to be a screenwriter. I want to be a producer. I want to be a director. Every single person would do that. And they would look at me and I'd be like, I want to work in casting. Like I thought it was the coolest thing. Um, so that was really my first take on it. And then from there, I was the first one in school to actually get a job because that kind of thing kind of sets you apart from everybody else. Um, but I got, I love to tell people because I lived in LA, I got my first job in a pair of ripped jeans and like a see-through shirt because I was on my way um, out that day and they called me and they're like, oh, can you come right now for an interview? And in LA traffic, you can't just like turn around and go home and change. So I had to go right then and there. And I got my first job um, doing reality TV casting, my first paid job um, for a little show on VH1 called Frank the Entertainer in a Basement Affair. <laughs> so I spent many nights on Hollywood Boulevard or clubs, just trying to recruit girls to go on this like dating show on VH1, basically. So it was a dating show? I've never heard of it before. So back then, 
I don't know if you were big into these. So they had the Rock of Loves, the Flavor of Loves. You remember those shows? Oh, yeah, yeah. So I love New York. <clears throat> New York is actually from Utica, near where I'm from. So she she was a spinoff of Flavor of Love. And then what happened was there was a guy named Frank the Entertainer on her show. He got his own spinoff because apparently they thought he was, you know, charismatic enough for that. And that was the show I worked on. And that kind of spanned my career into uh, reality casting. He looks like a pool of Ed Hardy diarrhea. Yeah. <laughs> Ed Hardy was big then, man. And dating shows on VH1 were the biggest back then. So, but basically that's, I mean, that's how I got into my career. Um, I could, I will tell 4 million horror stories from the time I lived in LA. But when I relocated to Boston, basically I, I did more, um, worked on more reality shows. Some got made, some didn't. And then I kind of settled into a company that was kind of a little bit of everything. It had entertainment, it had production, it had technology, it had casting. So it had all these things that I loved, but I could go into a nine to five every day and have some job security, which was amazing. And that's where Joe and I met one another. I hated doing casting. I'm not going to lie to you. Oh, it's my favorite. I like, still love it. I love sitting there and judging everyone. But <laughs> some of the places that we used, I'd see the same people just over and over again. And I'm just like, I'm kind of sick of looking at you. Well, you know what? Like I, one of the first jobs that I ever casted in the place you and I worked um, this kid was doing PA work and he's like, Hey, do you mind if I come read for this, uh, role? And I was like, yeah, who cares? It's like a video. I was like, sure. Sit down and read for it. And he sat down and read for it and like cut to a few months later, he's in that movie, Ted with Mark Wahlberg. And I was like, Hey, I gave that kid his first time <laughs> like, just cause I just let him come in like from his PA work and do that. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Like when well, he's in the movie though, he had like a speaking line. Cause I was an extra in it, but my scene got cut. Because I was yeah. just like straight bored after work one day. And they were like, and I missed a train um, to come home. And I saw it and it was like all rush casting. So I just, I just pretty much Ubered to the, oh my to the place. And, oh, I took a taxi. I don't even know if the Uber was, I don't even know if it was a thing. I just remember like getting there and like hopping on the, the bus that picks you up. Oh like yeah. To like some college and some college basement where we like sat until it was time to go out. Oh my I've never been an extra in a movie. I've I've done a lot of the things where you go in like the TV show and you they pay you like fifty bucks and lunch to sit in the audience and like clap. So I've done oh, a yeah. bunch of those. I've done that once. It was like a before America's Got Talent. It was like a show forever, and they had like celebrities come out and perform. I got to see Cisco and O Town. I was at Disney. Yeah. That's that's Close straight old. Yeah, I did a few of. I did um. I mean, I did like Two and a Half Men. I did um. The Singing Bee used to be a kind of cool show. It was on CMT. But instead of just like laughing and clapping because it was country music, the whole audience had songs that they had to do too. So Joey that Fatone was... hosted that? He hosted the one that wasn't country. Um, The girl uh, that was in Reba, that show Reba, Melissa, I can't think of her last name. She's a comedian. She hosted the CMT version. Oh, okay. But yeah, I did a few of those. They were always fun to do. But what about you? So I worked obviously... Um, outside of Boston for more years before you came into the picture, I kind of grew in that company a bit. And by the time you had come on, I was taken on a create, um, a creative director role. And then you kind of came in the door along with some others that were hired during that time. Yeah. So my background is a little different. I went to school for history, oh. graduated in that. I took an internship at a small museum after my internship was up. They said, basically, hey, Joe, we like you. We're going to give you a shot. We only have enough to pay you for one year to try to reopen the education department Let's see what you can do. Um, and by the time I left, I was hiring uh, not only someone to replace myself, but a part-timer too. 
which was pretty cool. Oh, that's nice. Um, and I was like, wow, I, you know, I did this for this uh, museum. I want to see what else I can do for other museums. And the company that we both ended up work, working for worked with a lot of high profile museums, had a lot of high profile clients. And I kind of just slipped and fell into production pretty much. <laughs> I got there and, you know, we were, I worked, I did some curatorial work. So like curating exhibits and, you know, placement and different stuff like that. But obviously we were at that job doing a, a different things. We were designing whole concepts. I mean, you name it. Uh, I think when I came on, we were doing Texas A&M's visitor center over. It's like where you go into as you're going into the football game and like hundreds of thousands of people get to interact with this thing. So I, I was like, this is so cool. Um, not only did I get to do that, but I kind of fell into a vacant production role that they had because they, we were just a small staff. So everyone did a little bit of everything. And they were like, hey, Joe, we're making this movie about the Minuteman missile uh, with the National Park Service. We're going to fly out to South Dakota. We're going to teach you basically how to be a producer. They were like, you're not even going to do PA work. You're not going to do anything. You're just going to sit and learn from us. And about after... A day and a half to like, hey, Joe, you've already got a, got a handle of this. Like, these are the shots we need. Go drive this drone team around the middle of nowhere, South Dakota. Get all these shots. Come back and see us. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's how I started. I watched like one or two scenes. Uh, shout out Bird's Eye of Big Sky. They're from Montana. They made me look really, really, really good. Um, <laughs> and it was our first time using them. And they were so good. We used them a few more times. Uh, Matt and Danielle with their names. They've worked on like the Revenant and a bunch of stuff since then. They were just starting out. Um, uh, I got to know a lot about drones, a lot about, you know, filming with drones. I mean, I filmed on them with them on a shrimp boat in Louisiana. You know, you name it. I've kind of worked with these people a few different times. Well, that was what was great about where we worked because we made what are called, you know, immersive interactive experiences. So it was a little meshing of everything. And there's only a handful of people in the whole country who do that business. So you're really kind of getting a taste of everything in that company. So there was people from all different walks of life. Like, yeah, I came from a TV and film background. Um, you know, there was a handful of us that did, but then there was these all some of a lot of the people that ended up working and really excelling in that business started off as like my interns and like just came in from college and just kind of grew in the business because it was so hands-on. Yeah. You would just kind of pick things up as it went. Like if there's a hole, we just kind of picked up each other and like fill each other in on how to do this job. Right. I think that was the coolest part because I mean, by the end I was designing like games for these museums, visitor centers. I mean, I want to say there was only like 30 people that worked there, but we had so much work. You and I never even worked on a project together. Yeah. No, what it was is like you got all the big, huge projects <laughs> and literally they gave everything else to me. Yeah. Especially like all the production stuff. They're like, oh, here, just take all of this. <laughs> They're like, no, no one else can help you. Finish. I think that was how it was too. Like out of necessity, I kind of learned all these really cool skills and things. And I mean, it's really weird um, when I talk to people, like when I'm looking for a new job or I'm thinking about getting a new job and they like look at my resume and they're like, why have you done so many weird different things? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, I'm like, I don't know. I'm just kind of a unicorn that way. And it's kind of like the same thing with you because I know you did a ton of stuff even before I got there. And then like you transformed into a creative director and I don't know, yeah, head was, of PMs and stuff. It was crazy. It was it was a lot because what happened was when I was moving from the casting world because I got sick of you would only have a job for five weeks or so. Right. Like you would cast a show castings over. Now you got to go find a new job, new show. 
So I was like, no, I really want something where I can settle down. And so when I started there, they took all that experience and they're like, all right, you be an associate producer. Well, that I outgrew that quickly. I was PMing projects and I was doing more creative, more marketing. So I went from there and it just kind of spiraled. I mean, you could kind of figure out what you really loved and transform into it. So when I decided to move back to my hometown after a decade or more living away in LA and Boston, I was like, you know, the piece I really loved out of this that I know I could bring back home and do is marketing. And so then that's how I got into what I do now, marketing, writing, you know? Yeah, I remember you would always like write the scripts and stuff. I was never good at writing scripts. Most of my stuff was historical and required like hours and hours of research. So we like had a guy that did all that for us. Then I would kind of pick it up from there and do, you know, storyboarding, shot sequences, scouting, stuff like that. Right. But I remember you would always write like the scripts and stuff or give it a first round. One thing I could never do, it's kind of funny. I can't do voiceovers for shit. And here I am doing <laughs> doing yeah. this. Like I couldn't read and like punctuate because all my words run into each other. Oh yeah. Well, they always need to the voiceover for um, the, the projects that were in the Midwest, because even though I'm from upstate New York, it sounds very Midwestern. So they always would make me voice those. Yeah. After you left and I had no one to do voiceover work, I used to make our in-house lawyer do it because he was from Wisconsin. <laughs> That's awesome. I think there's, everybody yeah. that worked there is in a voiceover somewhere at some like museum or visitor center across the country. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's always like little Easter eggs everyone put in every project that we did. But it's great because I think that, you know, I didn't mind the production. I didn't mind being behind the scenes of a TV show or casting a movie or this or that in my 20s. But when I got in my 30s, it was nice to have a job where you felt kind of secure, but you still felt like every single day I'm going to go in, I'm going to create something. I'm going to I'm going to work with a, an awesome team. We all come from different backgrounds. We're going to have awesome ideas like that was that was the clutch part of that job. Yeah. I mean, most people, like you said, that you work on a show. And then you got to go find new work. And it's like this constant like loop and struggle and, and to, to find this work uh, and find steady work. And most of the time you're an independent contractor and there's a, you know, a number of things that go into it. Um, it's a grind. And especially the hours that you put into production, you know, the time away from your family, the, the like I said, long days, usually sun up to sundown. It, it, it takes a special breed of a person to work in production. You really have to be built for it. Yeah. Um, if you just kind of want to come in at nine and leave at five, it's it's not for you. Um, right. And that was the thing. That was the great part of us all working together. We we were able to form these like close bonds with everybody. And because, you know, they were flexible because they knew we were always going to get our work done. We went out for two hour lunches and we'd have margarita lunches and we'd have happy hours. And so we, we always had like an awesome time together. And I think that was what really built this team and why everybody got so close and why you and I feel like we've known each other for a hundred years. Well, yeah, you would get into Margarita Fridays at El Capoco's <laughs> a little too hard because you would come back and you'd be like nine octaves louder than you normally are. But we get together like once a year at least um to just like relive and have shenanigans yeah uh, i mean and that's really cool and i've never really had that anywhere else i've worked i mean i miss it a lot i know you do too i know yeah. it's like but i mean that's you know i think like that's that's where this whole thing comes from like we want to sit down in this podcast we want to talk to each other about the stuff we love tv pop culture then we want to bring in our friends and because of our background our friends you know for the most part the guests we're going to have on the show our television experts. Um, they're everybody from people who write for 
Entertainment Weekly to people who work for major television corporations. We have an Emmy winner that's going to come on the show. I mean, you know, we have these people from all this background and we just love talking about this stuff. Oh, yeah. We're going to bring on people that we worked with. Hopefully we'll tell some funny stories. I really want to kind of mix in our own stories um, to show people, you know, what it's like or some things that might connect with an episode to, to show our listeners like, hey, this is what it's like on the inside. On the other side, this is probably what people are thinking when they, you know, wrote this or, you know, shot some a certain scene this way. Um, exactly. Provide that kind of insight, I think would be really cool. And I think what's fun about the way we're doing that, because, you know, just to remind everybody, we're only watching the pilot episode and we're only watching the series finale. So these are shows that have come to a close. These are shows that are beloved. Um, we're going into it blind, but seeing if we can piece it together from just those two episodes. Um, and we're going to do some what we call very special episodes, if anybody remembers that old uh, terminology when they used to do that in the 80s and 90s, where Joe's going to watch one of my favorite shows that he's never seen and vice versa. So we're going to bring a little of that into it too. I mean, we're, we're solely going to just make snap decisions off of <laughs> things that have caused people years of work. I just wanted, I want to preface and say there's no judgment. Like we, like you got to be able to laugh at yourself. You got to be able to talk about missteps or you got to be able to talk about things that people have done really well. Like, I, I don't know. We got to see what, what it brings. And like stuff that stinks. Like if it's, I'm just going to tell you, be like, that stinks. I don't like that. And I mean, that's just my opinion. But I'm excited about that because I think that's what helps us certainly as like creative beings grow. And then also just, it, it's just going to be funny. Like, you know, even there are shows that I have loved over the years and I watch it now and I still love it. But deep down you're like, it's cheesy. Like, you know, <laughs> so it's just how it is. I love it. Like you were saying, it's part of the creative process, all that goes into it. I mean, um, you know, hopefully through this, you can kind of look at shows differently, look at shows from a different angle uh, when you start to watch a show and make assumptions and stuff and, you know, kind of play along at home. I think that would be really, really cool. As Absolutely. More... And, you know, I we've brought a lot of people into this process, not only being our guests, but certainly helping us design things. Um, our theme song is completely personalized for us. It was made by uh, JV9 Sound. Who, who we worked with and yep. was... What was his, what was Jake's title? I feel like he's had like 12 titles since, since oh, he was there. He's I don't know. Had he's, a development. Yeah, basically. He's smarter than us tech-wise. <laughs> um, he made us the theme song that we had to go back and forth for weeks about, but we're happy in the end here. It's not, it's not that he just finally did it. He, you can't rush a creative process with the creative genius like that. If <laughs> <laughs> he listens to that. Oh, God. But yeah, we definitely have to give a shout out to our old um, co-workers and friends because they really helped. Like when we said what we wanted to do here, we kind of presented this concept to them. We got feedback from a lot of people, either that Joe and I had worked with or people I had went to um, grad school with. And so we had a lot of positive feedback and that really kind of just helped us hit the ground running. So thank you to all you guys. It's going to be a wild ride. So buckle up and uh, try to blow your balls off with this. All right. All right. <laughs> so thank you, everyone. Make sure you follow us on Instagram. Our our handle is Spoil Everything Pod. Follow us on Facebook. Courtney and Joe Spoil Everything. Yeah, you can head to our website, which is WeSpoilEverything.com. And you'll be able to um, listen to the pods from there or go through um, Spotify or Stitcher or find our social media platforms as well. Check us out. And I hope you guys like it. Mm-hmm.